Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. The, the topic that we're talking about today is this phrase, restoring lives, the next sentence, sharing the truth, love, and power of Jesus to heal and restore broken lives. This is a, the third of three two-word phrases that you, ever, you see if you ever see like a logo from our church where it says, real God, real people, restoring lives. I did that my left to right. I should have done it this way. Real God, real people, restoring lives. And we have, I, I just got to acknowledge, we have some special guests here, um, Jim and Ingmarie and Joseph Mump. I mean, not Joseph, sorry, Christopher. <laughs> I did not mean to do that. Christopher Mump, they're from Sweden, and they're, 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 they used to be part of our church, though. They lived here a few years ago. And it's, it's coincidental and significant, because a few years back, probably like five or six, I'm thinking, Jim was on our leadership team, and he really helped bring us together, our leaders, to um, have some meetings where we asked the question, and, and he led just, he just knows how to do this with leadership crews very well, to help us identify what it is that we saw God doing in our midst so that we could just say, well, this is what God's already doing. This must be who he's made us to be. And out of that, out of that exercise, came these three phrases, real God, real people, restoring lives. And it's really helped us have a focus on who we are and what we are to be. And the, the, the phrases like this, real God, means that we are a people who anticipate, expect, and certainly have the reality of experiencing encounters with God. So for us, following Jesus is not just a set of beliefs that we all say, yeah, we agree to that. We really experience the living God when we come together. We say it like this, God is alive. And when we meet, he shows up, which stops people because they say, well, isn't God everywhere? How could he show up? And we say, yeah, but he shows up also in special ways when people come together. And we experience him through his word, his spirit, even each other. And that really comes out of a phrase that Jesus said, for where two or three or more have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. God shows up. And you may have experienced that already. The presence of the living God, if you're feeling something that feels sort of in the atmosphere, something different, it's probably the Holy Spirit who wants to encounter you with his power, his love that changes everything. The second phrase was real people, and the idea there is authenticity. We want to come as we are, not put on facades, not put on some kind of an image, but just come and be real. And we, we came to the conclusion that God... One of the distinctives, maybe, or just one of the characteristics that God has brought to us together is that we are to be a people who are honest with each other, and we tell each other our sins and confess them, and we pray for each other. We don't necessarily always say, how are you doing? Great, how are you doing? And that's the end of it. We might say, how are you doing? Actually, really lousy today. Would you pray for me? So we put that like this. Come as you are. We grow by getting real with God and others in genuine, caring relationships. And then uh, the, the text from the Bible that that came from is this. Every day, the new church gathered. They continued to meet together in the temple courts, large gatherings like this. They broke bread in their homes, small gatherings. 
And they ate together, partying with food, <laughs> with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Then the third phrase, what we're talking about today, is restoring lives. And the idea is that God is in the business of taking broken lives and restoring them to wholeness through Jesus Christ. And we say it this way. Well, the idea is also that we are not to be just a people who gather together and really enjoy each other, but we are to be a people who leave the walls of the church building and go into the community and give away what we've been given. Given away. We freely share the truth, we share the love, and we share the power of Jesus to heal and restore broken lives. And then there's scripture with each of these. This one comes from the letter to the Corinthians, the second letter. For God was in Christ restoring the world to himself, no longer counting men's sins against them, but blotting them out. This is the wonderful message he has given us to tell others. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is using us to speak to you. So as I was thinking about how we were doing this, a few weeks ago I called Faviola, and I said, Faviola, we would love to hear another one of the stories of God transforming lives. Could you come up here, Faviola? And, and there's, you know, we from time to time have someone come up and tell their how they began a began to be a follower of Jesus' story. And Faviola just has a, a powerful witness or a testimony of how God has come into her life and transformed her. And I love your flower. Can you see the, you know, turn around there. Have you all met Fabi? Yeah. So she's going to take some minutes and just kind of tell us about how she interacted with God, God interacted with her, and just brought change. Lord, bless her. Peace on Fabi. Sometimes it's hard to talk in front of a crowd, so we ask for peace and the ability to communicate the story of grace that is her story. Bless her now in Jesus' name. Thanks, Fabi. Hello, Grace Familia. My son, my children are actually on Zoom. So I love you guys. Um, so my story has, is filled with violence, incest, generational trauma, violence and violence, prostitution, drugs, all of it. Anything you could think of, it's there. And... I'm a mother of three children. At 14, I had my first son. At 18, I had my precious daughter. And at 24, I had my youngest son, Carlos. I wish I could sit here and tell you that I raised all of them, but I didn't. Drugs and the life on the streets was more important. Um, I abandoned my children. Ten years ago, 
my son and I, Carlos, my son Carlos and I got on a train on a one-way ticket to Oceanside from Los Angeles. We came here with nothing, just the clothes on our back, the shoes on our feet, one bag, and a journal. I had no parenting skills, no employment skills, no driver's license, absolutely nothing. I was sent to a domestic violence shelter and then after that, a drug treatment program where I did one full year of residential treatment. They'd allow us to come to church and I came. I showed up with no faith, no hope, no belief. Um, I'd sit right here on, the, on these two. Me and my son would sit right there. And I walked into this church broken, lost, no hope, and no faith. I would sit in the front right there every week, me and my son Carlos. And we would listen to the worship band, Jill Shankles. She'd get down for her love for Jesus. Woo! Week after week and day after day, I began to know God's love for me. And I would just soak up that worship music. And I would raise my hands and listen to the worship mu music. And I could feel his love and his presence. I could feel the spirit. I could feel that I am his daughter. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. Perfect. I am perfect in his image. I am made in his image. I am, I am his. I am his daughter. He is my father. You see, fear, guilt, and shame overpowered me. Every single day. Fear, shame, and guilt overpowered me for everything that I had done in my life. But coming here to the Grace Vineyard, I learned that Jesus, God, loves me just as I am. And he has forgiven me. Now, there was some work to do, though, right? <laughs> Didn't just happen overnight. Um... I attended some spiritual counseling, soul break ties, all kinds of stuff. I mean, there was some demons coming out of me. And, um, and I did that with Pastor Jose and Suzanne Chesmore, rest in peace. I would always leave so drained. Oh, it was so draining because I'd cry out. I mean, it was like a war. We were in a battle. Like, we were like, we were fighting. You, I don't know if you understand that. Um, and every single week I'd come here and I'd get prayer because I kept battling with these demons in my head. I remember past telling Pastor Jose, I said, I need to leave. I need to go back to L.A. because I need to go back to school and I'm going to go get a doctorate. And he said, just give me six months. Now, I told him this story and he says he would never tell me that. So... I think it was God. 
Um, so I did. I waited. I waited and I waited and I just, every day I wanted to leave my program. I didn't want to be there. I had better plans, right? Um, and you see, I battled with hearing things and seeing things that other people didn't hear. There was a real spiritual warfare battle that I was facing every single day. This church, I found my family, the Downies. I call her my peekaboo, my Noah Noah, and my heart's a pumping mark. Rest in peace. And she taught me how to pray. She was my spiritual mother. She is my spiritual mother. And I'd call her late at night because I was seeing shadows or I was hearing things. And I was going through this battle in my head. And so I learned to pray and remove all that. In Jesus' name, you have no, uh, God has authority, right? Demons be gone. You have no place in my heart, in my spirit, or my home. In Jesus' name. And so I learned to do that everywhere I went. Mama Peepkabu said, no matter where you go, where you step in, where your foot, you know, go, you pray. And you bless everything with oil. So you should have seen me going down Oceanside and Clementine and <laughs> getting on the train and, you know, trying to go back to school through the program that I attended, you know, my drug treatment program. I was blessed with a scholarship to go back to school. This church helped me also because, you see, God transformed my life where the, the I wanted to go back to school and, and and I went back to school. Like, he put people in my life, women and men in my life, to be able to make that happen. But I would still battle with wanting to do my will. Um, I got baptized in this church, Pastor Jose and Steve Rogers. I remember Steve saying, look at the ocean, Fabby. It's black. Get it? I'm cleansed now. Okay. <laughs> Throughout this time, 10 years ago, like every year, you know, uh, my son Angel uh, was following in my footsteps. And I learned, Peekaboo taught me how to pray over my children. How my hands have the power to heal my children. Over my son, Angel, my daughter, Precious, and my son, Carlitos. I would always say to Carlitos, son, all you need is Jesus. If something were to happen to me, you go straight to Jesus and you go to the Downies. Um, 
precious, my one and only daughter. I wanted her near me, but I didn't know how to have her, her father trust me. And so we just kept praying and praying and praying for that restoration in my ch me and my children. You see, throughout this time, there was the verses that I kept telling myself is 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given me a spirit of fear. God has given me a spirit of love, courage, and a sound mind. And that has helped me through and through every single day till this day. Galatians 6, 9, do not get weary for, at the right, for doing what is right, for at the right time you will reap a harvest. And I kept telling myself that, and I kept bringing that verse, and trying. people said, get some verses that can, you can remind yourself of that will help you get through the day. Um, and, of course, the armor of God. I must have the armor of God to be ready to battle anything that comes my way. You see, God works everything for his goodness. And little did I know when I came here 10 years ago that he was going to use my testimony for his goodness. I didn't understand why I went through what I went through. It came a point in my life that I said, you know what? Quit questioning everything. And I just wanted to be loved by him because I had never had a father. I don't know what it's like to have a father. I don't know what it's like to be protected by a man. I mean, today I do because I'm married. But from a loving father, a, a, an earthly father, I don't know what that's like. No, men have only hurt me since I was yay high. And I kept chasing that over and over all my life. So my father in heaven, the only father that I've ever known, this was good enough for me. This was good enough for me to be embraced by his love, for me to close my eyes and just feel his spirit, feel his love, for him to just put his big arms around me and tell me, it's going to be okay. Trust me, you're going to be okay. So I stopped fighting. And I surrendered, and I leaned on him every single day. Every time something would go wrong, I'd praise him. Okay, God, let's do this. Bring it. What you got? Right? Let's bring it. Because God is with me. And I learned that God is pleased with me, too. The spirit of the Lord lives in me. He has given me strength when I am weak. When I seek him, he is there waiting for me. He has never left me. He has always been there. I am his masterpiece. Make me your vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I remember Jill singing songs, and I remember me raising my hand and saying, pick me. Boy, is that a tough one, though. Because you got, you got to be ready for that, right? Well, boy, did he prepare me for such a time as this. I today am the program manager of the same program that I came, that I got treatment at. 
Little did I know that every day that I would be worshiping and that I'd be praising for just for me to just live another extra day clean, was he preparing me for a time as this? I didn't know that, but he did. And I understand what, I, what, what it means when you say, pick me, <laughs> right? Now I'm like, okay, God, are we done now? Or we got something else planned for me? Um, my family is restored. My children are in my lives. My son, Angel, has over a year clean today. He's, which means he's out of prison. Um, <laughs> my daughter is doing amazing things in Los Angeles. She actually just got accepted. Um, she's in L.A. County Mental Health and is, uh, just got transferred to Osh, uh, Orange County doing the work that I work, the, the work that I do, but with the county, and she's just doing amazing. My son Carlos recently got a promotion um, in the United States Navy as a petty officer. He's an E4 canine officer. And he's only 19 years old. I still struggle, though, with my, my biological mother's love. However, I put her in, my, in God's hands. My mom's 87 and strong. Very strong woman. And I lean on Jodine for her love. God has put amazing women in my life that I love and adore. That love that I seek from my mother, I, I get it from women. Ten years ago, God gave me a God-fearing sponsor named Kathy Green, La Green Eyes. And she has walked me through this journey. Has called me out on everything. And, and um, has given me truth. God gave me a husband that is my strength and my rock. who has pushed me to be greater. Today, I'm an associate clinical social worker. I've graduated from my dream school, University of Southern California. And that is all because of God. Now, more importantly though, because those are just titles, ACSW, CADC2 and all that, more importantly, I'm a, I'm a child of God. I am his queen. I am his love. I am his bride. And I will continue to ask God to lead me and guide me and strengthen me in my marriage as the mother of Angel Precious and Carlos, as a grandmother, because today I'm a grandmother of twins, as a friend, and as a woman of God. Thank you.
You know, you took my notes, um, Bobby. Can I have them back? I won't know what to say. <laughs> I thought that might happen. That was awesome, Fabiola. When we were talking earlier, I said, Fabi, you're exhibit A. We were in a court saying, where's the evidence that God restores lives? Exhibit A. I, I present to you Exhibit A. <laughs> In the remaining time, I, I want to just talk a little bit about what Favi's story looks like when you think about it in terms of what the Bible teaches, what God is about in the world, what he's called us to be, what he's called us to do as followers of Jesus. I'm asking the question, what, what does it mean to be restored? What is wholeness? And Christians have a worldview, a way of understanding the world that we're in that says that God created this world in perfection and beauty. Everything was right. There was no injustice, only justice. There was harmony, relationships worked. Every need was provided abundantly by God himself. There was no harm, there was no violence, there were no drugs, there was none of the things that can destroy a life, that destroy lives around us. Everything was perfect with joy and love and health and provision until the first humans, Adam and Eve, decided to rebel against God. And they sinned. And when they sinned, death came into the world and destruction. And everything that you see around you that looks wrong, that you feel like that's not the way it's supposed to be, is because of the effects of sin and Satan. And when the first humans rebelled against God, they effectively gave authority that had been granted to them to be God's image bearers in the world, which is what we're called to be. But we're called to be followers of Jesus who puts his spirit in us, and we become the image bearers of God who are supposed to, by the power of God and the growth that we incur as we grow in him, represent his kingdom, the kingdom of the heavens. To the world around us and we bring healing but they effectively handed the authority over to satan and he began to be called the god of this age a real malevolent force romans chapter 5 verse 12 in the bible puts it this way just shortly when adam sinned sin entered the world adam's sin brought death so death spread to everyone for everyone sinned that's the Christian view of what went wrong in the world. You know, there are other worldviews about what's wrong, um, but this is, the, this is what we understand God to say. He made it perfect. We came along and sinned, but he did not leave us without remedy. Um, I want, you know how often I tell you I, I get ideas from other people's books. I really rely heavily on wisdom, teachings, other things from other people. I'm just not that smart. I want to give you another book recommendation. Um, I didn't have a picture of the book for you this time, but there's, there's a, a really great author. Actually, Jim's here, and he's a friend of Jim's. Um, his name is Alexander Fenter. Um, he's South African, I believe, and he wrote, a book, he wrote a series of books that start with the word doing, and the book I'm recommending to you is a book called Doing 
healing. You can find it on Amazon. Alexander Fenter, spelled with a V, V N T E R. He says this about what I just said. I think he says it's better than I did, so I'm going to read it to you. Beginning with Adam and Eve, we see throughout the biblical witness how fractured relationship with God, the source relationship, fractured relationship with our, internally with ourselves, with each other, with creation itself, led to the curse, the chaos of sin and sickness, demons and death. We also see how God restored relationship called reconciliation through Jesus the Messiah's life, his death, and his resurrection. Because that breaks the curse, leads to forgiveness, to healing, to freedom, to eternal life. Shalom, a Hebrew word that you may have heard before, Jewish people to this day will greet each other with shalom, the word of peace. Shalom is God's reign, his reigning, his kingdom. Like we sang earlier, God, you reign. We were saying, God, you are in charge, and wherever you are given the place of authority in people's life, you reign and you bring this restoration. God's reign of holistic, holistic spelled with a W as in whole. God's reign of holistic order and well-being, the opposite of disintegrating chaos and destruction, the rule of evil. Messiah Jesus came to make things right, to bring restoration to people's lives, to bring restoration to all of creation itself. In the midst of the chaos and the violence and all the craziness that had developed in the world, God sent his only son, Jesus. And the Bible says at just the right time, in the fullness of time, Jesus came promising to reverse that curse, to reverse it all. Jesus said it like this. This is um, recorded in John's Gospel, John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief's or Satan's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. And, and note, when, when Favi told her story about always being hurt by men and all of the craziness and chaos that was in her life up until the point where she encountered God's grace and his power, the thief did that. That was the result of the sin of humanity and the work of Satan, pure and simple. Everything you see around you that's wrong like that is the result of sin and the work of Satan. Jesus came saying, I will reverse all that. Put your faith in me. If you'll follow me, I will come and I will forgive all your sins and I will restore you to the position of being my image bearer. I will fill you with my spirit. As you follow me, as you grow with me, your life will be transformed. And again, I present to you Exhibit A. Jesus said, the thief's purpose is to kill and steal and destroy. My purpose is to give them, to give you a rich and satisfying life. Listen, if you're hearing me and you're not a follower of Jesus and you have this idea that if you want to go to heaven, what you got to do is stop having fun and go to church and live a really boring life. And if you do that a lot, maybe God will let you get into heaven. That's not the message of Christianity. The message of Christianity is that Jesus came that you would have a rich and satisfying life. Um, I love the way the message translates it, so I'm going to read that thing again, that what I just read, translated, 
by Eugene Peterson in the message. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I come so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. That's all inherent when you hear John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's what that means. It's the words of Jesus. I've come to give life. So I'm going to go back to Alexander's book that I referred to you. And um, I mean, put this one on the screen, hopefully. We talk in our context about healing and about salvation. And we're referring to the restoration of the whole person. It's not like some people have laid it out to be, if you'll just believe the right thing, you can go to heaven when you die. It's not that at all. Heaven's included, but it's so far bigger than that. When we use the word healing and salvation, as we understand it biblically, it implies God getting rid of demons, getting rid of sickness, getting rid of disease, getting rid of sin, getting rid of all the brokenness in relationships, restoring things to shalom. So reading from Alexander's book again, how do we define healing, biblically speaking? Healing is the event and or the process of restoring wholeness to the whole person. Isn't that good? You want to get this book. Healing is God's shalom, experiencing and ministering. So I experience and I serve others with what I've experienced. Experiencing and ministering God's wholeness, his order, his well-being. The New Testament word for this shalom healing is salvation. When someone says, have you been saved? They mean this. Have you been saved yet? They mean, have you entered into the process where God is restoring your life? Follow Jesus. Put your faith and trust in him. If you'll trust him with your life so that you follow him. Let me just stop there. I'm, I'm defining believe for you. If you are a sick person and you go to the doctor and he gives you a course of action and some medicine to take and some foods not to eat and some foods to eat and some things to avoid and some things to do, if you believe in the doctor, you'll do what he says and you'll get better. That's belief in. It's not just saying, yeah, what he said is true, now I'm going to live my life and say that I believe him. It means putting my trust in the one that I'm believing in so that I actually follow them and follow their advice and do what they say. Jesus has promised that if we put our faith in him and his death on a cross for all of the sins of humanity and his resurrection, if we put our faith into him, something will transpire that's miraculous. We will be changed from the inside out. We sang it earlier, from the inside out. We'll be changed from the inside out. The very life of God enters into us. And a growth and a transformation process begins Salvation begins, healing begins, and restoration begins. Back to that section in Romans. I'm going to read to you the bad news I read and then what Paul, the apostle writing there, says in the good news. The bad news was when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. And then Paul goes on to tell, here's what Jesus did. The result of God's gracious gift. His gracious gift 
to sending his own son as a substitute to take upon himself all of the sins and all of its ugly effects, to take them into himself and destroy them. The result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace in his gift of righteousness. For all who will receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. We are called to experience restoration, and we are called to be the ministers of restoration. When we, going about our way in life, school, at your job, walking on the beach, doing like Irene said she goes to the pier looking for the fishermen because God sent her there. She's looking for this to bring this message. When we invite people to follow Jesus with us, when we say, Have you, do you know about the promise of Jesus? I followed him. Would you follow him with me? Let's give our lives to him. He'll change everything. When we do that, when we pray over them, by the power of God's spirit in us and healing takes place, we lay hands on sick people and put faith in God that Jesus will come by the spirit and bring healing to their broken bodies. When we pray for broken hearts and we see God restore the brokenness that sin and Satan has caused in people's lives and hearts are restored, We're doing the work of restoring lives. The title for today's message is what I'm talking about. Restoring lives, sharing the truth and power of Jesus to heal and restore broken lives. This is your calling, everyone in this room. We have a real God. He's alive. We encounter him. You've encountered him this morning. As I've read the word of God, the Bible, some of you have encountered the presence of a living God just by his word coming into your heart. We encounter him by his spirit. The spirit of the living God is alive and well and in this room and in this world. Many of you are having him touch you and speak to you right now. Real God. We even encounter him through each other. Some of you encountered God today as Fabiola was telling her story of encountering God because we encounter God through each other. And then we turn around and we go out and we give it away to each other and to the world around us. This is our calling. This is your calling. And I gave you some language that changed the language from restoring to healing and to salvation. All the same thing. All the same thing. You are called by God to be ministers of restoration and reconciliation. We're not called and sent without any equipment. It's not like we're drafted into the army and they say, go to the front lines. Good luck. No. And here's a gun. (laughs) 
And here's some armor. And uh, we've got some reconnaissance overhead. We've got communications. We've got the whole army ready to go. Now go and restore. A prayer that I have prayed for years for me and for you, for decades now, is that we would be an army of healers. And this is the language to describe what I just said today, what I mean by that. That we would be an army of healers. There's no more important call. You understand? There is a usurper named Satan who's deceived people to rebel against God and follow his ways, thinking they're following their own lives, making their own way. Like little children that say, do it my way. I do it. That all of humanity is like that. We've all turned and gone our own way. And then God comes after and says, no, you're going the wrong way. Turn around. Follow me. And I will take you into life. Turn around means repent. If you're hearing me today, you're online perhaps, you might even be in my future because of the miracle of YouTube and uh, Facebook Live in the future. You might be in my future right now, but the words are still alive for you today. And you can feel it in your heart that it's true. You know it's true. Your life has not been going where you wish it would go. You've done everything you can to seek after pleasure and avoid pain. You've tried riches, you've tried power, you've tried sex, you've tried relationships, and still you are lost without life that God has promised to you. The only hope for all of us is to put our faith in Jesus, the Son of God who has come to restore this planet and the people that live here. So I'm inviting you, I'm inviting you, if you haven't turned your life over to Jesus, the Son of God, do it today. Don't leave this place not knowing that you have given your life to Jesus and he's entered you and everything's changed and restoration has begun. Don't do it. I just realized I was frowning when I said that because I was serious. But I want to smile because it's good news. <laughs> you know how some preachers look like they were baptized in pickle juice. I don't want to be that preacher. God is so good. Life in Jesus is so good. I came that you might have a rich and satisfying life with peace with God and peace with each other, with joy that is an, it's a sense that's of well-being that just pervades everything of life. Joy. With love, knowing that I'm loved by God and loved by you and I love God and I love you and I'm basically in a sea of love because I'm in God's kingdom. With hope that there's even better things coming in my tomorrows and faith that gives me the ability to see that which I hope for. That's the good life, people. Love, joy, peace, hope, faith. I can have that all when I put my trust in Jesus, so much so that I even follow him with my life and I say, you're now my boss. You're the boss. I'm getting out of the driver's seat. You get the steering wheel. Here's the keys. You drive me where you want to. Like, 
like Fabiola said when she said that prayer, your will. And she was like, oh, watch out when you pray that prayer. Because it's so good. Put your faith in Jesus. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer where we can do that together. And then I'm going to say this to all of us. There is a power, an impartation available for every one of us to become agents of restoration. And if you feel yourself right now that you're not living in what you've been called to live in as an agent of restoration, we want to pray over you and ask God, the Holy Spirit, to fill you with his power and with his direction, with his eyes to see, his ears to hear what God is at work doing in the world today to restore broken lives. We want to pray over you so that every one of you, every one of us, be part of the army of healers. Does that make sense what I just said? We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.